Get Angry Podcast, your source for Wichita State Hoops. Here's your hosts, Dustin Kuhn and Taylor Eldridge. Welcome to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. This is our NCAA Tournament Preview Show. We give you all the information you need to get ready for this weekend as the Shockers will head to San Diego to take on the Marshall Thundering Herd. We'll be joined by Doug Smock, Marshall University beat writer for the Charleston Gazette Mail. We'll also bring Taylor Eldridge onto the show. We'll get his thoughts on all four teams playing out in San Diego, Marshall, West Virginia, Murray State, and of course, Wichita State. We'll also have some bracket talk and get you ready for the Talk Angry Bracket Challenge. Big show coming up for you right after this. Doc Ingry is brought to you each week by Forge Audio Productions. Forge Audio is a professional recording and mixing studio based in Wichita that focuses on meeting the desires of the artist. Get your music or audio production sounding the way you imagine it. Whether you're in the Wichita area or across the globe and need remote services, let Brian at Forge Audio bring your music to life. Check out the website at www.forgeaudioprod.com for samples of recent projects or to get a free quote. Again, that's www.forgeaudioprod.com. And now, back to the show. Welcome to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. The eyes of Shocker Nation will turn to San Diego this weekend as Wichita State will take on the Marshall Thundering Herd in their first NCAA tournament game on Friday. To help us preview Marshall, we're joined now by Doug Smock, who covers the team for the Charleston Gazette Mail. Doug, how are you today? Pretty good this evening. Uh, A little snow outside, but I'm ready to get that behind me. Well, there you go. Marshall is making its first NCAA tournament appearance since 1987. How excited are the fans of the program right now, and what exactly did they do in that Conference USA tournament to earn the berth? Well, the fans are pretty giddy. Uh, They're a little disappointed they won't be able to drive to the game, obviously. But uh, Marshall upset Western Kentucky in the finals. pretty much because John Elmore just went out and shot the lights out. Uh, certainly he had help inside and inside where they might not have expected that much help. Um, it, it was a good all-around effort, but John Elmore was spectacular. Marshall ranks sixth nationally in tempo and has had a 20-point score in every single game this season, which is pretty darn impressive. I know they like to get up and, and, and get it going on the offensive end, but what style of play can we expect from the team on uh, either end of the court come Friday? Well, let's talk about the offense first, and, and, you know, and everybody notes the three-pointers, but here's the key to this, this offense. Um, they kind of call it the athletic ball, where the the ball seems to be the best athlete on the court. And when they move it around, when they get the pick and rolls going, when they get the driving kickouts going, uh, they are very difficult. They get, they get to a point where the defense just starts running around after them and hoping they miss. When they get to that point, they look really they, – they are a lot of fun to watch, and they're usually pretty lethal. Uh, defensively, they are much better than previous two years. Uh that most visibly starts inside where they made Idine Peneva into a shot blocker. He's six, actually grown to about 6'10". He's long, he's lean, and he's learned to jump vertically instead of jump into people. Of course, that doesn't happen all the time, but he is the nation's leading shot blocker. And uh, they brought in a freshman named Jared West, who's the best on-ball defender they've had in in, in several several years and uh some improved defense just all around the ball and and it's that's been good to watch they they want to chase you off the three-point line they want to get some turnovers get those into points they might concede some baskets inside if it didn't if, if that doesn't happen too much it doesn't kill them you mentioned John Elmore was the hero of the Conference USA tournament. He leads the team in scoring, but it's really a trio of juniors that have been carrying the team. There's Elmore, you mentioned Peneva, and then also Burke. So what what do you like in particular about those three uh, and, and the, what they bring to the table? I'll go with Burks. He's the most underrated pros- he's the most underrated player on the team. He's a he was a six man last year. He is somebody who can beat you from the three-point line inside. He can really get into the lane and and do the runner, the floater. He's got a good mid-range game. He can drive it all the way to the rim. 
His defense is, is a lot better than it was last year. Uh, Penova is a is, he's a European. He's a he's a Bosnian. He will beat you inside or out. Uh, he plays he plays face up to the basket, and he he's got a pretty good shot. Uh, Elmore is just turning into a superstar. Uh, he. He uh he put his name in for the NBA draft for the sole purpose of meeting NBA people and learning what he needed to do to improve himself to get to that level eventually. And I mean, he was being uh, counseled, for instance, to trim his body fat from 13%. He's pretty lean and mean now. He's real strong. Doesn't get tired at the end of the game. And uh, you, you probably you may have seen some of his uh. 27-foot shots against Western Kentucky. He was shooting even a little farther out than he than he usually does. I mean, he if you don't guard him, if you don't come out and greet him, he's just gonna say to heck with it. I'm throwing it up and let you you know let you see uh, if you can pay the consequences. <laughs> then when you get come up and greet him, he can take you all the way to the hole. He can create shots in the middle of the jungle. He draws fouls. He'll get to the line eight to ten times a game typically. He can. He can. He really runs that show. There are two Marshall connections on the Wichita State coaching staff. Obviously, head coach Greg Marshall was an assistant coach there, and and also assistant coach Donnie Jones. Any old memories from either of those two being involved with the program? Well, I will. Uh, I will write at some length for Thursday morning about um, about Greg Marshall uh, from the standpoint of his former his former boss at Marshall, Greg White, uh, way back in the 90s, and one of his fellow assistants, Brian Poor, who's a head coach at a Division II West Virginia State, and they both had, you know, quite a, quite a number of really good things to say about him, and they thought he would be successful in the industry, and they're not totally surprised to see that he's taken the Wichita State job to the height that he has. They they said he's very detail-organized, tremendous recruiter and evaluator, and gets the most out of his talent. Uh, they were very, very complimentary. Now, you read this, you might see some things you already know because I fill in background, but you'll be interested to see the comments of his former boss at Marshall and one of his uh, one of his colleagues. Now, as for Donnie Jones, he he left Marshall. Uh, <laughs> Under under some uh, controversy because he went to uh, went to one of the more hated conference rivals at the time, Central Florida. Now UCF had a bigger pocketbook and and, and better climate for certain, but uh, that was you know Marshall fans saw that as a big no no, and and they were very upset about it. And it didn't help that Donnie had set the table for some pretty good times there, and his his success for had a successor. Tom Harry and had a couple good years until until Jones' talent ran out and, and we won't even go into the rest of the Tom Harry situation. <laughs> but uh, that he, I mean, he could have been a very popular coach there. But he he went to UCF and and he had his success and he had his problems with the NCAA and what have you. And and the fans may have, may have moved on from that by now. I remember back in 2015 how excited Shocker fans uh, were at the chance to be able to play in-state rival Kansas in the NCAA tournament. There's obviously an in-state rival for you all, West Virginia, that'll be out there in San Diego. So how excited would Marshall fans be if you got to go up against West Virginia? If you had West Virginia and Marshall in the NCAA tournament, I think the Earth would wobble off its axis a little bit, or stop its orbit, or quit spinning, or whatever. All, all he double hockey sticks would break loose in this state. I mean, that's what would happen. I mean, WVU stopped the rivalry. It always been played in Charleston for the past no upwards of three decades, and uh, it was a big event in the capital city. Of course, you know that's where I'm based out of. And WVU and Bob Huggins decided they didn't want to play Marshall anymore. And uh, the president of WVU has since coming out saying, sure, we'll play Marshall up at our place. And, of course, Marshall is somewhat insulted by that. So uh, 
I mean, just just the thought of getting those two teams in the NCAA tournament would that that would that would put this state into a tizzy all over. <laughs> Well, we've had some of those same experiences in our state, so we we feel your pain. Uh, You mentioned it's a little weird that these teams are in the East region, but yet they'll be taking off to the West Coast to play in San Diego. Do you see many Marshall fans making the trip out to San Diego? I don't see a lot of them, and unfortunately, it's not a their 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 alumni bases, as you can imagine, uh, pretty pretty concentrated in the East and Florida and. And, and states like that, so you might get a few hundred uh, very modified, mo- uh, motivated people to come out to California. But there's, you know, airfare's tough, especially at, in the month of March. So, so uh, just expect a few hundred, and uh, they'll be they'll be loud and proud, but it'll be a small number. Final question for you, and it's kind of a two-part question. Marshall wins the game if this happens, and Marshall loses the game if this happens. Fill in the blank. All right. They win the game. They win the game if they shoot well. Uh, I mean, we're talking 15 three-pointers maybe, which they can do. They'll If they turn, turn the shockers over and get enough points off of turnovers, I mean, even 15 might do the trick. If they stay in the same area code on rebounding and don't give up a ton of second-chance points, uh, that's not a team that's going to out-rebound anybody. But if they're close, they're in good shape. And, of course, hang on to the ball. They're usually pretty good at that. Uh, sometimes some trying to get fancy turnovers, but that's that goes with their style of play. Now, to beat Marshall, you if you've got an inside game, use it. I know you've got a you've got a big husky center. He's going to get you might as well pencil him in for twenty and twelve, if not more. I mean, that's that's going to happen. And, you know, that Marshall could even survive that. I mean, they've let some inside people just go nuts. Uh Western Kentucky, first time around, put scored seventy points in the paint on him, if you can believe that. Uh, they've been doubled in their, some of their losses. They've been doubled up on the boards, uh, out-rebounded by double, giving up a ton of second-chance points. They're, they're certainly vulnerable there. Uh, if, you, if you put a Dean Peneva in foul trouble, you can put Marshall in trouble. Uh, that would knock out one of their two bigger men. And uh, if you can hold El, – it's tough to hold Elmore down because he even – He's got a triple double when he went three for sixteen in one game, if you can believe that. But if uh if say Elmore and Burks got cold, that's gonna be the certainly gonna be the shocker's advantage. Well, we certainly appreciate you taking the time, Doug. Our listeners can follow Doug on Twitter at Doug Smock. You can also read his work at www.wvgazettemail.com, and we look forward to that Coach Marshall story here later in the week. Thanks a lot for having me. Welcome back to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. Our thanks again to Doug Smock for joining the program on short notice. We're joined now by Taylor Eldridge to get his thoughts on this NCAA tournament draw. He's in his lair pumping out that great content for you at Kansas.com and on Twitter at Taylor Eldridge. So, Taylor, just first to start off big picture, what did you think about the four seed for the Shockers and the draw that they got out in San Diego? Yeah, I thought it was, a, you know, it's a sign of respect. Um, it's a sign that, you know, the move to the American was is already paying benefits uh, to Wichita State. You know, to take seven losses in the in the season going into the NCAA tournament, usually that means WSU's on the bubble. Instead, this season, you know, playing so many quality games and playing so many Tier 1 and Tier 2 games, uh, WSU loses seven, and they're the, the number 14 overall seed, they get the four seed, second highest they've had, you know, obviously besides the, uh, the undefeated season where they got the one seed. So, um, yeah, you know, that, that was my takeaway was that, you know, the move to the American, uh, Greg Marshall and, and the co are already seeing benefits to it. And, you know, that's, that's a, it's a sign of, I guess, respect toward what Wichita State accomplished this season. And I know a lot of people on the team, a lot of people felt like they were probably going to 
fall to a five, maybe even a six. They just didn't really have a very good feeling after that Houston loss down in Orlando. So they were uh, they were pleasantly surprised, and I think they were uh, really happy to to get that four seed. And um, the seed itself is really good, but then you look at the bracket, and man, that's that's a killer. A lot of a lot of really tough matchups. So maybe that wasn't so so great. But you know, the four seed itself uh, definitely a, a sign of improvement as far as just how the, the NCAA tournament selection committee views Wichita State. There's a lot of tough matchups, a lot of, lot, also a lot of interesting connections, and we'll start with the first game on Friday. The Shockers will take on the Marshall Thundering Herd at 12.30 Central Time on Friday. The game will be broadcast on TNT. The Thundering Herd come into the tournament at 24-10 and 10 on the year. They finished fourth in Conference USA, but won the Conference USA tournament, and they're making their first appearance since 1987. So when you do your research here, Taylor, obviously you want to compare to one of those Savannah states, uh, t- uh, Oklahoma, this uh, very up-tempo style offense for Marshall. We talked to Doug Smock about that. They said the best, or he said the best athlete on their team is the basketball because it's going to be moving a lot and shots are going to be going up. What do you see about this Marshall team? Yeah, you know, that's that's the obvious uh, comparison is they play a lot like Savannah State. Actually, you know, except actually these guys can actually shoot the ball. So, um, you know, Savannah State, they, they played super up-tempo. They shot like 53s, but, you know, they didn't really have that, that great of shooters. Uh, this is kind of morphed with, I mean, picture like a South Dakota State, something like that, playing Savannah State style. You know, uh, they don't play great defense. Uh, they don't rebound the ball very much. Wichita State should be able to dominate. I mean, with as, as good as they are at crashing the boards and as good as, you know, Richard Kelly and Shaq Morris and, uh, Daryl Willis are at grabbing those rebounds should have a huge advantage down low. Um, but, you know, you have to defend and Marshall is going to take, you know, the first good shot. They're not going to wait very long in the, the shot clock. You know, their possessions are lasting about 12 seconds, which is the fourth fastest pace, uh, very reminiscent of what OU does. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an exciting brand of basketball. You know, they're coached by Dan D'Antoni, uh, brother of, Rockets coach uh, Mike D'Antoni, and they, they coach and think uh, uh, very similarly. And, you know, uh, Marshall's going to want to run and gun, and they're going to shoot a ton of threes, and they're going to spread the floor and put Wichita State in, in pick-and-roll situations and, and pick-and-pop situations and, and make them uh, make them defend. And, you know, really it's just going to depend on how, how well Marshall is shooting that day, honestly, because, you know, they're going to get their shots. You know, you know they're going to take probably about 25, 30 threes. So, really, it's just going to come down to uh, how well they can shoot them and can WSU dominate the glass to, to limit those second chances. So, it's a dangerous opponent anytime you're going to shoot 30 threes in a game. That leads to, to a very high variance, I guess. And, uh, you know, if they're not hitting, you know, this could be a 20-point Wichita State win, and they could just kind of tank out. But, you know, if they if they make – you know, 10 or more threes. I mean, this could be a very interesting ball game down, down the stretch. And uh, with the tempo that they play, you know, it might be first, uh, first to 85, first to 90 wins this game. Marshall has three fantastic juniors, Elmore, Burks, and Peneva, that accounted for 68% of their scoring this year. Elmore and Burks average over 20 points. Peneva's not too far behind him. He's also had 130 blocks in 32 games. So what what do you make about those three and their games? Yeah, I believe he led the NCAA Division I in, uh, in block shots this year. And um, Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he's the ultimate rim protector. And, uh, you know, he's not huge. I think he's only like six, nine. So, um, he, he must get up and, um, I mean, really protect the rim and, uh, but Elmore, I mean, he's the one that, that makes it go. He's the, the kind of the Trey young on this team where he's going to handle the ball a lot. They're going to put him in the pick and roll situations. Uh, he's averaging like 23, seven and seven. So, I mean, very, very stout numbers. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just going to come down to, you know, Zach Brown's probably going to start out on them, and they're going to put them in a ton of pick and rolls. And you know, is WSU going to switch everything, or are they going to uh, hard hedge? And uh, that's going to be the question of uh, how WSU chooses to defend uh, all those screens that they're going to put them through. And you know, help defense is going to be critical because you know WSU has tended to, to collapse down on drivers and leave shooters on the perimeter, and that's kind of come back to to bite them. You know, teams are shooting like 37 percent 
uh, on threes against WSU. That's a, a bottom 100 mark in college basketball, and you know that's, that's something that, that they're really going to have to focus on because you know if they if uh, you know Marshall really starts taking a lot of threes and they they put up like 40, you know they're going to make some. They're probably going to make at least 10. So you know it's just limiting that percentage. And like I said, I mean, making sure you board out and don't give them second chance opportunities. Marshall comes into the tournament as one of the hotter teams. They've won 10 out of their last 12 games. They rank 12th nationally in scoring, but 321st in scoring defense. So let's talk about the flip side now. What should Wichita State be able to do on offense that will help them take care of business against Marshall? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like people or you know, maybe I, I get kind of over or kind of focus more on what Marshall uh, kind of presents what problems they present because, you know, they're the 14 seed. But, you know, like you said, on the flip side, Marshall has to guard Wichita State. And this is a top five offense in college basketball with their efficiency and what they've been able to do. And, you know, they're they're a real problem. You know, if they if they can get Landry and Connor and Austin, if they all can shoot, you know, above 40% in the tournament, Wichita State is going to be a very, very tough out. Um, you know, Shaq Morris has been playing his best basketball um, teams are really, really focused on shutting him down. And I think Wichita State is going to really enjoy um, getting out and playing a different opponent. You know, the Americans scouted uh, Wichita State so well, and they, they did such a good job of, you know, making things difficult and taking Shaq out of the game. And um, I think, you know, on a quick scout like this, and especially if they win and then play uh, West Virginia or Murray State on on a Sunday, it's going to be really tough to, to guard Wichita State and, you know, their offense is so explosive and so dynamic. Um, I don't think there's any question that they're going to put up points against Marshall. It's just going to come down to, you know, can the defense hold on? Can they get it, you know, scrape by with just enough uh, to, to win this game? I think it's probably, I mean, it's leaning towards a shootout. I would say go the over if you're a betting person on the, on the Vegas over-under because this one's probably, I mean, you could see, like I said, this could be like an 88-85 kind of game, something like that. Um, but like I said, I mean, if Marshall doesn't shoot it well, then I think WSU, I mean, like they're going to they're gonna score no matter what. So this could turn into, you know, a 15, 20, 25-point win where they don't really have to sweat it down the stretch. But, um, you know, it's, it's going to be really interesting. It's a very interesting matchup for a 13-4 in the first round. Yeah, for the season, Marshall scored 84.3 points per game. They allowed 78.8. They shoot 46.9% from the field and 35% from three. You talk about the line. The Shockers have opened as a 12.5-point favorite. Uh, if if you're going to Vegas, what do you think about those numbers there? Man, yeah, I, I, WSU is a, is a very weird team. I think I looked it up not too long ago, and, you know, they're I think they were like 13 and 18 or something like that against the spread, so... You know, Vegas doesn't even have a good read on the Shockers. And, you know, they've been so up and down this year, and it's hard to hard to, to tell, you know, uh, what what's going to happen. And I think I would stay away, honestly. I would, I would find another game. I don't feel confident about it either way. I mean, if you had to, uh, you know, say, I would say probably the under, because I think Marshall um, is going to make it interesting uh, with their three-point shooting ability. And Wichita State has kind of struggled you know, defending the three-point line all season. So, you know, I don't think this is going to be like a one- or two-possession game. But, you know, Marshall, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I think they can maybe keep it to, to a 10-point game and, and cover the spread there. All-time series is tied 1-1, so whoever gets the win on Friday will have bragging rights for now. Let's talk about the other two teams that are going to be out in San Diego. Let's start with the higher seed, the five seed, the West Virginia Mountaineers, 24-10 and on the season, finished second in the Big 12 Conference. You're a Big 12 fan yourself. Uh, what, what do you like about West Virginia? What have you seen from them this season? Yeah, you know, obviously the, with Bob Huggins' style, I mean, they, they like to to get after you on the defensive end, uh, you know, if you watch ESPN, they love calling them press Virginia and, you know, they, they cause havoc. And that's, that's another kind of worrisome matchup because, you know, with uh, WSU this season, I mean, they've kind of struggled at times when teams have put a lot of physical pressure on them. Uh, I mean, you, you recall the first half against Oklahoma state, they kind of bullied them uh, in Stillwater uh, before WSU kind of got that figured out. And then Houston, down there in Texas, they kind of did the same thing. And, but, you know, on the flip side, that's exactly what Cincinnati tried to do. 
uh, the first time in, in Northern Kentucky. They tried to, you know, throw that press against Wichita State and try to, to force them and get them sped up. And look what happened. You know, Wichita State just shredded their defense. Uh, one of the best performances on offense against Cincinnati's defense all season. And so I think there is uh, hope for Wichita State if that matchup does happen. Um, but it's tough to prepare for that kind of pressure and that kind of, you know, they're so unrelenting for 40 minutes. And, you know, when you don't see that all season, that's really hard to prepare for, especially in a short turnaround uh, where you only get one practice. So um, that's, you know, that's going to be a challenge for, for Marshall and his staff this season or uh, this weekend because, um, you know, you're playing very or two very distinct styles where, you know, Marshall is going to, uh, you know, try to, to play a crazy game. They're going to try to get 85 possessions and, and just, you know, uh, shoot, you know, 12 seconds or less pretty much. And then you get West Virginia and, you know, they're going to throw that, that press on that not a lot of teams play. And they're just going to try to, to hound, you know, Landry Shaman and Reeves and Frank Camp and guys like that. So um, it's going to be a really interesting matchup. If that does occur, I kind of, I kind of, I'm rooting for it because I, I'm very curious to see how Wichita State would handle that kind of pressure, and you know, I think they have it in them, um, you know, with this offense, and they've shown glimpses, but you know, it's going to take a very, very good effort, and obviously on defense, you know, they're going to have to get the job done there too, and uh, it's going to be hard to match up with West Virginia rebounding too. They're, they're an excellent rebounding team themselves, so. That would be a battle on the boards as well. So that would be a, a top-tier matchup that, you know, they're, West Virginia is probably the best five seed in the bracket. I mean, you look at the resume, it's more like a four four seed. And, you, I mean, they made the, the Big 12 championship game in the tournament. So, you know, they're playing very well right now. So that's a very tough matchup for Wichita State. Well, Chris Jans and Earl Grant will be out there, so if their games don't go well, maybe they can jump in on the West Virginia scout. <laughs> I, I do want to push back on you just a little bit. So they're Ken Palm, ranked number 13. They're 39th in adjusted defensive efficiency, and they do average eight steals. Most teams average about six to seven, somewhere in there. So, you know, to, to play devil's advocate here, is the Press Virginia mantra, you know, almost too overplayed? And, you know, are we worrying about maybe something that the Shockers should be able to handle, especially after playing a Cincinnati team a couple times this season? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Cincinnati, that, that defense is, um, you know, a class above. And um, West Virginia, it's not like, it's not necessarily a gimmick. But it's something it's something they do that's unique, and I think that's the thing more than anything that has that's just difficult to uh, prepare for. I mean, it's not just kind of kind of like a cookie cutter, you know, scout, and that's kind of like the point I was trying to get at with Marshall. You know, they play a very unique style, and then West Virginia, you turn around, they play a very unique style. So um, it, it's two difficult scouts to do in the span of three days. So. Um, I think that's probably the, the concern, not necessarily, you know, how stout which is our, uh, West Virginia's defense is. Like you said, I mean, they're not as good as they've been in the past. Um, so, I mean, this is a defense that, you know, WSU can, can cause damage against. And, you know, it's going to take, you know, a great effort, kind of like what we saw the second half against Houston when they, they finally started getting it going. And, you know, it's going to take a big shot down the stretch. I actually just did a story today. Uh, on Kansas.com, how Wichita State, it's been over three years now since they've made a shot, a game-tying or go-ahead shot in the final minute of a game. So the last one was actually Richard Kelly's uh, tip and dunk at Hawaii. Um, I think that was like in December 2014, like when he was a freshman. And that's the last time Wichita State has made a go-ahead or game-tying shot in the last minute. So pretty incredible stat. They're 0 for 19. They've missed 19 straight shots and that in those uh, instances over six this season. So uh, I think they're going to have to find one of those probably uh, down the stretch here in the NCAA tournament if they want to move on. The Mountaineers are led in scoring by 6'2 senior guard Javon Carter. He averages 17 points per game. Also 6'3 senior guard Dexter Miles Jr. is averaging 13 points per game. They lost five of six games in January, but went 6-3 and three down the stretch in the regular season. Last point on West Virginia, Taylor, and I'm not necessarily looking for any big-time analysis here, but just to the casual eye, maybe what was this team not doing in January versus what did they kind of right the ship over those last few games? Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of nailed it with the defense. I mean, it just hasn't been um, to Bob Huggins' standards. And, you know, they kind of, you know, when they, they weren't able to generate the turnovers they're used to, 
you know, they're not the most skilled offensive team. So, you know, the, the margin of error kind of, you know, uh, decreased and, you know, the offense just wasn't strong enough to, to, you know, carry them in a rugged big 12 schedule. So, you know, if, um, if WSU can get some stops and string together some nice defensive stands, then I, uh, you know, this is a game for the taking. If that matchup does occur, um, they're playing a lot better now, but like you said, I mean, they, they hit that rough patch in January and, uh, they, they weren't looking very hot and, uh, I think they've kind of got it figured out, but, you know, this is a very good team, but it's not a team without flaws. And, you know, Wichita State, they have the, the offense to put a lot, a lot of pressure and uh, on an opponent. So I think uh, they're going to be worried about matching up with Wichita State as, uh, on the flip side. So, you know, they're not un- unbeatable, but it's definitely going to be a very tough opponent for Wichita State to, to get to the Sweet 16. Well, and you talked about it's a big if. West Virginia is playing in the dreaded 5-12 matchup. The 12 seed is the Murray State Racers. They finished 26-5 on the season. They were the Ohio Valley regular season and conference champions, and they also own the second longest win streak in the nation at 13 games. Ken Palm ranked number 59, 56 adjusted offense, 82nd adjusted defense, making their first NCAA tournament appearance since 2012. You know, Murray State, I guess a lot of people have said, you know, this might be a team that could upset West Virginia, so we might be talking about a hypothetical matchup that won't even happen. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I've seen a few people uh, say Marshall, uh, you know, is an upset pick over Wichita State. So, you know, maybe it's Marshall versus uh, Murray State to go to the Sweet 16. That would be a a crazy, uh, crazy matchup. But, you know, I I have seen that a lot. I've seen, uh, you know, a lot of Murray State picks. Um, I think that's going to be an interesting matchup. You know, if you can handle West Virginia's pressure, then, you know, they they kind of gravitate towards, uh, you know, not a great team. They, they get closer to being average if you can handle their pressure. So that's kind of their way to, to make up that gap. And, you know, if, if you can handle it, then uh, they're going to have a chance in that game. And it's going to be very, uh, very interesting to see, you know, how they deal with it, how they game plan for it. So maybe if they have some success, um, on Friday, maybe Wichita State can kind of take some things away from that if, the, if that matchup does happen. Well, Murray State does come in with the offensive t- 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 statistics excuse me, to uh, at least be able to make this a game. They score 78.9 points per game. They allow 65.5, shooting at 48.5% from the field, 37% from three. They're led in scoring by six-foot senior guard Jonathan Stark, 21.8 points per game. Out of the four teams, if you had to name one and say, this team is the favorite to advance to the Sweet 16, who are you taking? Yeah, I don't. I don't think there is a favorite. I think uh, you know the 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 models show that you know. I mean, obviously West Virginia and Wichita State are going to be the favorites in the first round. But you know, if that Wichita State West Virginia matchup happens, that's going to be a fifty fifty call. Um, you know, I think Vegas would probably have like that as uh, like a one point line, maybe two point line. Um, honestly, it'd probably be West Virginia from what I've seen um, with projections. But you know, I've seen a couple that have Wichita State uh, slightly higher uh, too. So. You know, that's, that's a coin flip game. I think, uh, you know, Wichita State, we all know the ceiling of Wichita State. So, like, obviously, uh, a lot of Wichita State fans are going to feel like they're the favorite in that game. But, you know, we know the ceiling of West Virginia, too. That was a top-five team um, to start out the season. Uh, they, they had a great start. And, you know, obviously, they have a, a ton of potential well as well. So, you know, these are two teams that kind of, you know, maybe not underachieved, but – you know, didn't get as high of a seed as they wanted probably coming into the season. You know, I think two, both of those teams are, you know, top 10 talent. So I can't wait to see, like I said, I hope we see that matchup. No offense to the Cinderella's, but, you know, I want to see Wichita State and West Virginia go at it uh, with, you know, a sweet 16 on the line in Boston, uh, maybe get a chance to take down number one Villanova. So I think that's the matchup we all want to see. And, you know, I, th- I think Wichita State, you know, I think with the 16 years, and Landry Shaman may be playing his last NCAA tournament with the Shockers. I think the motivation is there. I think they're, they, they kind of hit that, that point where they're just really frustrated that these close games haven't gone their way this season. I think that motivation and, you know, Greg Marshall has been here. He's done this. Um, I just think all those ingredients, I mean, it's, it's going to be a good run for the Shockers. I have a feeling in March, and I, I have a feeling we will be, uh, we'll be talking again next week uh, about what we're going to do in Boston.
Murray State plays West Virginia on Friday at 3 p.m. Central on TNT. So I'm going to ask producer Brian to join us. We can't have a Talk Angry podcast without the final four quickies. So I'll just do the quickies. We'll all three give our answers today. It's a special version of the show. Anarchy. So the first quickie, I think you know what it's going to be. Marshall versus Wichita State. Give us a prediction, Taylor. I'm going to go Wichita State wins this one, 88 to 79. Producer Brian. I'm going to go 85-72. I think the Shockers play a little defense. I think they have a chip on their shoulder, and they're going to come out, show a little more ability there. I still think it's a higher-scoring game. Shockers, 81, Marshall, 70. Second quickie, let's make a prediction on Murray State and West Virginia. Taylor, we'll let you go first again. I'll go West Virginia, 76-68. to I'll go the big upset. We're going to go Murray State 75, West Virginia 73. This is a game I think wow. Murray, Murray State could be winning at halftime, but I think eventually West Virginia will take this one over. I think they win, well, I'll say, 69-65. to 65. Third quickie, the biggest upset of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, and I'll give you a little time to look at your bracket, Taylor. Who would that be? Oh, it's 10 over KU, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the one everyone's going with. Is that is, Dan? I saw uh, yeah, Dan Rather. Like, uh, yeah, Dan Rather. You picked Marshall over Wichita State too. So. He just hates he Kansas. He must have something against uh, the, the state. state of Kansas. Yeah, pretty much. Producer Brian, who um, you got? Are you are you going to give a real one, Taylor? Uh, I actually have not. You know, I've been so busy. I haven't even really looked at the bracket, so I've just been hearing that one a lot. I will say, I love New Mexico State. I think that's uh, not a lock, but, you know, that's the one I would definitely, if I filled out a bracket, I'm taking Chris Jans in that defense. I think they can make a sweet 16 run. I am going to, I will say this, Taylor, I'm going to stay in San Diego with you on the big upset, and I think the big one's going to actually be Charleston over Auburn. Auburn missing a key player, I forget his name, with an injury, and I I think uh, Earl Grant gets the job done. I'm going to take the South Dakota State Fighting Mike Doms. I think they get it done over the Ohio State Buckeyes, and another 12 seed beats a 5. So, final quickie, the Shockers will advance to the Sweet 16 if they do what this weekend? I think if they if they play defense just well enough against West Virginia, I think that's the matchup we're going to see. So, you know, if they can just scrape by, you know, if I, I think of it in terms of points per possession. So, you know, if they can hold the two opponents uh, to one point or less on the the PPP, I think WSU is advancing. I think the big one for Wichita State is going to be their outside shooting. You know, they've been a little bit streaky. A couple players here and there have been streaky between Brown and Frank Camp and Reeves at, at times. And I think if you – uh, can can avoid having any more than one person having a slump in a given game, then I think they're they can they can beat anybody. I'm I'm going to assume they're going to play West Virginia, and so I say they advance to the Sweet 16 if they have nine or fewer turnovers against the Mountaineers. I think if they get into double digit double digit turnovers, that could spell some trouble. Any final thoughts you got for us, Taylor? I'm just excited to get down to San Diego, enjoy the beautiful weather, maybe uh, hit up the zoo that I have heard about my whole life. You know, San Diego is the one city in California I've always wanted to go to. So I was very pleased with the travel arrangements. And, you know, the, the city on the East Coast I always wanted to go to that I haven't been is Boston. So, you know, let's, uh, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, for selfish reasons that, that Wichita State can keep winning so I can keep going to cool places. Hey, Taylor, I'll tell you that the zoo in San Diego is pretty great. Just make sure you don't go on the kids get in free day. I accidentally did that once, and it was it was wild. Ooh, yeah. And I'll also burst your bubble a little bit. It's going to be hotter in Wichita than it is in San Diego. It's only supposed to be like 60 all weekend, I looked. Oh, man. Bring the, bring the, the jacket. <laughs> we'll take our final break of the show. Brian and I will come back. We'll talk about the bracket as a whole and the Talk Angry Bracket Challenge right after this.
Welcome back to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. Final segment of the show. Want to start by telling you about the Talk Angry Bracket Challenge. You can go to the ESPN Tournament Challenge app or ESPN.com. Search for Talk Angry Podcast and enter our Bracket Challenge. I believe Taylor, myself, producer Brian will all be filling out a bracket on there. You can join in. Whoever wins will send you a WSU prize pack. Doesn't that sound fun? Let's talk a little bit now, Brian, about the overall bracket. I think almost everyone thought the Shockers were going to go to Boise. Some people were hoping Dallas. I think San Diego was kind of a surprise to a lot of folks. But just big picture, total bracket. Uh, when you look at some of these matchups, when you look at the teams that are coming to Wichita, uh, kind of what what gets you excited? Well, there's there's a number of things. I think you brought it up with San Diego, and it's not necessarily that Wichita State's going to be in San Diego, but the other pod that's going to be in San Diego, you're going to have Clemson taking on New Mexico State, Auburn taking on Charleston. Greg Marshall's going to get to watch two former assistants go at it right after uh, his his portion of the bracket is finished. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun for him, uh, just being able to watch those guys compete um, at that level and, and perhaps get a, get a watch him play later again in the weekend. Well, and he has a tradition. He takes his assistant coaches out to get new suits before the NCAA tournament and College of Charleston coach Earl Grant. He's actually continued that tradition and show they had a video back when Greg Marshall was at, at College oh, of wow. Charleston and they had him uh, today <laughs> getting the new suit. So I think that's pretty, and, uh, you know, pretty special to have all those teams out there in San Diego will be a lot of familiar faces. Let's talk a little bit about Wichita. You know, uh, obviously KU is going to be here, very KU heavy crowd, but there's some other pretty interesting programs. You got Michigan, you got NC State, you have AAC brethren, Houston coming to town. What do you think about the teams here in Wichita? I think it's going to be very competitive. I'm, I am particular, I'm going to be very interested in Houston and that potential matchup, matchup with Michigan. Um, not to say that San Diego State or, or Montana couldn't pull off a big upset there because they absolutely are capable of it, but um, you know, Houston's played so well on both ends of the floor recently. They've, you know, we talked some about West Virginia and how good their defense is. I, I would ar- almost argue that that Houston's defense is probably better than than West Virginia's at this point in time, and and they certainly have a, a lot of scoring talent and guys that just have a lot of confidence in their offensive abilities. So I'd be interested to see that matchup. Kansas has Penn. I know everybody talks about Penn like it's you know the greatest sixteen seed ever. It's <laughs> I'm sorry guys, it's it's not gonna happen. Penn is, I mean, no sixteen seed has ever beaten a one. Everybody gets all excited. I remember everybody talking about how Wichita State was gonna be the first one to lose to a sixteen seed when they went undefeated. It's like, no, it's 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 just too difficult. Those teams are too talented, too focused. It's just it's not gonna happen. Uh, at least for many many years, I think. Um, and then, man, that that other side though, the eight nine game, Seton Hall against NC State. You got uh, Delgado for Seton Hall. He's a senior this year. Seton Hall's got a bunch of seniors this year. They could be a really interesting test for Kansas. So could NC State. You know, in the ACC, they're just regularly tested. So I think either one of those teams could push Kansas, who isn't particularly deep in the post. And you look like a guy like Angel Delgado. You know he might be able to make a big impact in that game. Another interesting point, you have San Diego State coming to Wichita. You have Wichita State going awesome out to tree. San Diego. A couple other shocker connections here. Loyola won the Valley. They end up as an 11 seed. They'll take on six-seeded Miami. A lot of people are picking Loyola to not only win that first game, but maybe be a Sweet 16 team. Yeah, I, I could see Loyola picking up that upset. I think, uh, I think Miami's been a very up-and-down team this year. And I could see Loyola. They've they've seemed to be very consistent. They seem to be a little bit underrated uh, by the committee as far as regularly putting together quality wins. And they went and got a road win at Florida. So they certainly know what the talent level is going to be like around that six seed line. You know, that's where Florida is sitting in the east. So I I definitely could see them uh, taking that game, especially on a neutral floor. What do you think about the Creighton-Kansas State matchup? Man, that's a fun. That's just the 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 Marcus Foster motivation game. Like I'm, I'm it, it, there's only two ways that that thing can go, and either one is going to be glorious. You're either going to have Marcus Foster drop like 45 points on Kansas State, or he's just going to go two for 16 and score seven points. And one of those, like, I don't think that's a close game. I think it's going to be a blowout one way or the other, just because I don't think, 
You know, it's it, it's it just has to go that way. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that one. The other one that I think is a sneaky uh, one that I'm I'm really interested in seeing is Kentucky Davidson. Bob Davidson stole a bid there, right? Yeah, right it's the got a bid steal, but they've been playing so well lately. Uh, we remember them from the Steph Curry days, but Bob McKillop just has one of those offenses. It's sort of like a Wichita State in that there's so many sets, there's so much different motion going on. All the players really understand how to move without the ball and to take a bunch of freshmen like Kentucky and say, okay, now you got to play team defense against this for 40 minutes. Um, just just a very interesting thing, and I, I could see that being an upset. Uh, apparently, I really love the 12s because I'm, I'm the one who came with my bracket already filled out tonight, and, <laughs> and I've already I've got three 12 seeds going on, getting the win over the five, so I may, be, I may, have, tr- I may have problems. But, uh, yeah, that one's just one I'm looking forward to as well. As far as controversies are concerned, there were several former Shocker opponents that did not make the tournament. It was announced Notre Dame was actually the team that Davidson stole the bid from. You also saw saw Oklahoma State not make the tournament. Uh, Baylor does not make the tournament. Who does make the tournament is the Oklahoma Sooners, who really haven't won a quality game since January 1st. So what did you think about all the hubbub over OU and over some of these other schools? I don't really get all the hubbub over OU personally, because, I mean, they took away the rationale that you should be focused on the last 10 games. And and I, I think it was Gary Parrish was talking about it. He was saying, you know, when when we look at like Major League Baseball and it's, you know, the race for for a pennant, you know, the first 10 games matters just as much as the last 10 games. They still count in the win-loss column the same way. And I think that the committee's trying to take that approach uh, with with the selection and say, you know, the, the games at the beginning matter. And in this regard, it, it helped OU. But normally that sort of a, a rationale, the idea behind it is it helps the smaller conferences. If you're a, a Wichita State and you go out and challenge yourself in the non-conference back when you're still in the Valley, you know, they're going to count those games early on just as favorably as games later. And so I think that that's that's the idea behind it. So I didn't I didn't have a whole lot of issues with that. And I think that's an acceptable way to look at it. I think we're the committee drew a line with St. Mary's, leaving out St. Mary's saying, you know, if you're not even going to try to challenge yourself with a, a decent non-conference schedule, we're not interested. But I thought they hurt themselves with Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee played a tough schedule, played some really good teams, and just had that one bad loss in their conference tournament. And I, I think that if I'm if I'm looking at somebody that should be left out, like a Syracuse or an Arizona State, is more where I look at uh, somebody who maybe really has been very mediocre this season, um, Syracuse more so, like I would be looking to pull maybe a, a Middle Tennessee into the field. The Shockers' first opponent, Marshall, beat Middle Tennessee both times in the regular season in Conference USA this year. Uh, Taylor mentioned this a little bit, but the American really got a lot of respect. Cincinnati ends up as a two seed. Shockers are a four. Houston's a six, so they average out as a, a four. Since he's the highest uh, seeded American team. So what what do you think about uh, all three of those teams? But let's start with Cincinnati. Well, I think it's first you bring up the seeding. I think that's great. Last year, the American only gets two bids. Both bids are six seeds with with pretty difficult paths and they didn't get out of the first weekend. So I think it's a, a credit. You know, I think this this comes back to the win win scenario with Wichita State joining the conference and just how much benefit both parties are getting out of it. Wichita gets its best seed outside of the the year that it was undefeated and uh, and then, you know, also get Cincinnati up to two seeds. So Cincinnati, I really like their prospects. I don't really, you know, they got a great path to the Elite Eight. Uh, Nevada is a solid team out of the Mountain West, but um, Mo Bamba in Texas is a solid team. But the way defensively, Cincinnati is. I just feel like they can pretty much lock up any offense they go play. Um, there's some there's some other teams lurking out there. Miami has has beaten uh, some some quality teams this year, but I feel like they're up and down. I think that uh, physically Cincinnati could handle that. Um, and and same is true with uh, Tennessee. I think Tennessee's kind of had some up and down moments. So I I really see Cincinnati having a great path all the way to the Elite Eight, and we'll have a either a tough matchup against a Virginia or an Arizona team that they'll have a shot. I don't know that they can necessarily win it, but they're going to get a shot at potentially making a final four with that, with that path in front of them. Looking over at uh, Houston, um, San Diego state, man, 
they're a similar situation as far as Davidson, just somebody getting hot and just the last, you know, six, seven games just playing really well. I could I could see that being tough. So I, I could see Houston, you know, making making a run and making a sweet 16, but uh, you, you've got Michigan and that San Saturday Diego game State. in Wichita, a Houston, Michigan matchup would be pretty oh, tough. That, that would be a tough, tough matchup. So, you know, after Penn beats Kansas and all those Kansas fans are looking <laughs> to unload their tickets, you can go pick up a cheap one to watch that game. But uh, I, I could see Houston. I've got them winning a game, but losing to Michigan, they could make the sweet 16. I can't see them getting further outside of that because you've got a North Carolina looming, uh, beyond that stage. So I, I see them maybe maybe topping out on a game. Last one here. Let's look at a potential Sweet 16 opponent. I don't think Villanova is going to go down, but do you see Virginia Tech or Alabama, either one of those two teams, as being a team that could take down the Wildcats? I don't, I don't see Virginia Tech as that. They're very solid. I see Alabama as, as just a team there's they're young they're a lot of freshmen and on one day turnaround just that adrenaline is gone there's not a whole lot of scouting that happens uh, that you're really going to be able to prepare for things and and sometimes that ignorance is bliss you just don't know any better you don't know that you're supposed to lose to this team of of veterans and seniors and you just go out and play loose and free and I think that's when Alabama has actually looked at its best in the conference tournament is just playing loose and free they they absolutely obliterated Auburn in that way well, there's only one thing left to do, and that's win the whole frickin' thing. The March Madness is already upon us. The first four has started this evening. The Shockers will play on Friday and hopefully Sunday. We'll be back with you next week, hopefully previewing a Sweet 16 matchup in Boston. Until then, have a great week. <laughs>